Well, greetings, Imagination Connoisseurs. Once again, it is I, your Duke of Dope Discourse, your Master of Fun and Wonder, your Viceroy of Verisimilitude, Robert Meyer Burnett, and I am bringing you the filthy for the John Campia Show, or, well, at least another companion video. John has graciously allowed me to answer more of your questions. I want to thank you for continuing to enjoy when I fill in here, because damn, do I have a good time. So let's just jump right into it and see what you have to say. Mercer Create sends in a tip and says, ready for more optimism and wit, aren't we always? Looks like they're wrapping up season three of The Orville with ten episodes, more than a cover band version of Star Trek. It carries that optimism. I bet the Mocklins will leave the Union as a war unfolds against the Kalon. You know, I've really enjoyed, I, I, I at first I was a little iffy, I have to say I was a little iffy on, on The Orville, but... I've come to like it. I mean, I really like the characters a lot, and I do like the fun stuff they do. The Kalon, really cool stuff. That two-parter was really amazing. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, I'm curious to see where it's all going to go. But um, ten episodes. I like it. Uh, Alan Gonzalez says, Hey, John and Robert, I was wondering if you guys checked out the Deadpool review of Free Guy also has Korg. I thought it was great to see them together. It's the first thing with the X-Men character and the Marvel main MCU character. Did you like it, Alan? I think we both, I can speak for John, we loved it. I thought it was so funny. Really unexpected, too. What a great way to bring both the X-Universe and the MCU together. Uh, very, very funny stuff. And I wonder how much oversight Disney marketing had. I was I was like, hmm, who, who okayed this? Well, kudos to whoever did, because I loved it. Uh, Cameron Mann sends in a tip and says, Have you seen the new character posters for Dune? They look fantastic, and we got our first clear look at Stellan Skarsgård as the Baron. I'm going to the special Dune event in IMAX theaters tomorrow. Can't wait. Well, that was actually last night from the time I'm recording it. Uh, the new trailer dropped today, and my God, uh, I felt filthy after watching that trailer. It excited me so much, if you know what I'm saying. I've, you know, my most eagerly awaited movie of 2020 becomes my most eagerly awaited movie of 2021, and my God, does it look like it delivers? Um, I am, I am very, very excited for Dune. Yeah. Mike uh, Rosetta sends in a tip and says, "Hey, John and Rob, so looks like we're getting Ridley Scott Adam Driver double feature this year. Which are you more excited for, The Last Duel or The House of Gucci?" I have to say, I. I love Ridley Scott's movies, and obviously the last duel dropped, and with Jodie Cormer and and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Adam Driver, that movie looks dope. I don't know, I mean, House of Gucci is so different, but in terms of what's up my alley, man, I that last duel trailer had me stoked, and Adam Driver looks great in it. What a terrific actor! Um, so yeah. Uh, Giovanni Campia sends in a tip. Good day, John. I hope you're well. I've nearly tapped out Nick Cage. Jiu-Jitsu and Willy's Wonderland are just horrible, nay, unwatchable. I gotta agree with you there, unfortunately. However, I'm seeing that his latest movie, Pig, is actually getting some rave reviews. Is the, is the age of the cage back? Pig is supposed to be great. I haven't heard one bad thing about it. Um, look, Nicky's gotta get paid. He's got He's got those tax bills. But I'd love to see him come back with Pig. People are really digging it. So, you know, I love Nicolas Cage. I've loved him all the way back to movies like Rumblefish uh, back in 83. So he's been around for quite some time. 
And he what a career he's had, but now he's got to pay the bills. I understand it. Life's expensive. Russell Amador sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, there were quite a few trailers that dropped on Tuesday, but one that we may have not discussed was James Wan's return to horror, Malignant. Did you see the trailer for that? I did. Uh, it looks interesting, and they've earned my time in the theater. I'm a huge fan of James Wan's horror all the way back to Saw. People forget the first Saw was like a million-dollar indie movie that James Wan directed that Lee Wanell and him wrote. Um, I, I think Malignant looks great. They're talking about it being a giallo movie, like a, an Arge Ar Dario Argento giallo movie from uh, the 70s. Giallo means yellow in Italian, and that was because a lot of these pot-boiler mysteries with lots of sex and violence were written on these cheap, like books that had yellow paper. That's where they came from. That's where the, the term giallo came from. And it looks like him doing a, a, a giallo movie. It looks really, really good. And uh, I can't wait to see Malignant. That and um, the uh, and uh, Demonic. Neil Blumkamp's return to films with a horror movie, Virtual Reality Demons. Come on, man. Uh, looks like we're in for some great horror. We got the Sham Hammers Old opening this weekend. I'm there for it. Uh, horror is looking good, looking tasty. Uh, Mark Amorosi sends in a tip and says, Hey, John and Rob, have you guys had a chance to check out the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix yet? If you have, what did you think? I have not. I've only heard good things. Uh, again, horror, having a comeback. I love the idea behind Fear Street, like the same area but three different eras of time, all the way back to the Witches of Salem. I, I think it looks great. Little R.L. Stein used to. I used to think he was a little over my uh, or before my time, a little young for me. But hey, uh, I've only heard good things about the Fair Street trilogy. Haven't seen it. Must catch up again. Horror, horror, horror. It's back, baby. Not that it ever leaves, but looks good. Looks good. Uh, Anthony R. says Jason Momoa confirmed he will be going blonde for the sequel. Whether he was jesting or not remains to be seen. I'm usually a comic book purist. In terms of live action books, but this time I'd rather he stay with his natural hair color. Laugh out loud. Well, Anthony, I too am a Jason Momoa fan. I don't think he needs to go blonde to do more Aquaman, do you? I don't think so. You know, that's just me though. Um, Willow, <laughs> the lovely Willow Yang says, Wow, that was a real Sopranos ending you did on your show with these sudden cut to black. I know you've talked about this before, but I can't remember your answer. Would you have preferred that they showed Tony's death? I kind of like the symbolism. No, you know what? I like the cut to black because obviously we all think we know what happened, but there's still ambiguity there. And I'd like to believe that whatever happens, Tony got the drop on those guys. He figured out what was going down and stopped it from happening. But we'll never know. And nor should we ever know. Like you said, it's the symbolism. And who knows what really happened. Anthony R. sends in a tip and says, I know it's way too early to ask this question, but do you see yourself doing a prediction for the future of the MCU at the end of the year after Spider-Man releases? By that time, we will have had a bunch of D-plus shows and four movies so far. Anthony, I think John and I should absolutely do a state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe at the end of the year. I think that's a fine idea. Hold us to that, uh, because I think we should totally do it. I, I, I love that idea, and uh, yeah, man. I think we should, because yes, four movies, how many series, five, I mean, you're going to have three, four, five, six series, maybe, seven, if you include, well, no, six, probably, because what if Hawkeye and Miss Marvel, uh, and four movies, I mean, that's ten new additions to the MCU in a year, I think it's time, that's a really good idea, love it, Loki's Lost Script Doctor sends in a tip and says, hi, friends, 
Wow, one one out of four. Trouble with Loki is not the wackiness of the multiverse. We get that. It's the bad storytelling. Character development doesn't compensate for lack of logic, inconsequential actions, unclear motivations, and loose threads. A tiny example. Bad guy's goal all along was to lure them to take over his job, the most relevant job of the universe. He could summon any whom in a snap from anywhere, any when in time, more competent and willing. Why choose them so nonchalantly and in such a convoluted way? Just because protagonists? Ryder didn't try to justify or explain further. Facing the challenge of telling an inherently complex story, particularly as a setup for several others, you can't afford to be so casual and lazy and shallow. You must double the solidness and clarity of your writing, but as far as I can see, my uber-admired MCU saga is now, and sadly for a while, in the hands of a 10-year-old writer, and that's the problem. Multi-universe complexity not to blame. Cheers. Well, Loki's Lost Script Doctor, I don't think we've seen the full picture yet. And, um, you know, I think that we should wait and see that if we have more context with other things, maybe that will change. But look, I wasn't totally happy with Loki. I, I thought it was a very, very mixed bag. And like you, I think there was a lot of easier ways to tell the story and maybe more concise ways to tell the story. But again, it's kicking off... Uh, a lot, a lot's going on there, so I'd like to see where it all winds up. And from what I understand, they only were able to shoot half of what they wanted to shoot, which is why it's going into a season two. Because of COVID, they only gave us half of what they wanted to give us, so maybe we will find out. Feige's Lost Acolyte sends in a tip and says, By the way, John, I've just heard you say as good as it gets has a mediocre plot, really? Please, please, please tell me I heard wrong. I was painfully let down by Feige this week. Don't want to lose another hero so soon. Love you all. Can't be a team. Cheers. Uh, I don't think it has a mediocre plot, although I can't remember the plot. I do remember loving as good as it gets. Uh, I don't want to lose you. How did Feige let you down? I don't know what you mean by that, but um, he's a hero of mine. I don't want to be let down by Feige. That would bum me out. Um, Boris says, hey, John, woke up to see your show got cut short. It's mean, but I kind of chuckled thinking about the level of rage Giovanni reached after, like, the third issue you've run into over the last fortnight. Can't wait for Greg and Rob. Tomorrow, have a great day, John. Yeah, John doesn't like it when there's technical issues, but it happens. And I have to say, I hope you like the show with Greg Alba. I love Greg Alba. What a good, great guy he is. I always love doing the show with them. It was fun to do, so I appreciate you enjoy it. Boris sends in a tip and says, also, WWE is back in front of live fans, and John, it's like the last year or so just faded away from the title changes, the money in the bank winners, the returns, but most importantly, the honest reaction of a popping crowd. I'm so darn happy, John. Well, Boris, I gotta say, I'm not a WWE fan, but I feel you. There's nothing better than a live audience responding to something that you love. So kudos to you. I'm, I'm glad you're getting something you like. It's been a long year. It's good to have this kind of stuff back. Primal Fear. Primal Fear, if you're referring to the movie, I like to say Primal Gear. But anyway, Primal Fear says, Hello, John. Hope you and your family and friends are doing well. Oh, I am. I was wondering, what do you make of it? John Wick 4 and The Matrix 4 are coming out on the same day. Do you think The Matrix 4 will do well since he's been on a roll with the Wick movies? Uh, you know, uh, I'm very curious about Matrix 4. They've said it's very meta. Uh, I don't know what it all means or where it's all going or what's happening. But I, 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 I'm there for it, man. I can't wait to see Matrix 4. I think one of them will move. I think that's ridiculous. Um, 
I think one of them will move. Uh, Caleb sends in a tip and says, Netflix just said that 60 million households watched Sweet Tooth in the first four weeks, making it one of their top 10 biggest originals. I know you didn't like it, but will, do you think this means we could get a season two? I think so, Caleb, with that kind of number, those kind of numbers, they're putting up those numbers. I think Sweet Tooth season two, and I believe it's um, that was a Robert Downey Jr. production, was it not? So I would imagine um, we could see that happening. Mm-hmm. If you'll uh, just excuse me, I'm going to open up some more Pellegrino here and refresh my glass. I hope you don't mind. Uh, I don't think you will. Uh, but uh, in case you do, I apologize. I don't mean to be wooed. How wooed. So let's see it. Uh, I do think there's going to be a season two, Caleb, and I hope you like the show. Primal Gear is back. Primal Fear says, another question, John. Whose movies have you enjoyed more? Is it Donnie Yen or Jet Li and... Why also? Can you follow me on your Instagram page? I'm following you already. I am a Michael Jackson tribute artist for six years, and I live in Miami. It's MJ Dan- at MJ Dance Machine. Well, I think, I don't know if John will follow you, but I think everybody, go on to Instagram right now and follow MJ Dance Machine. Uh, you know why? Because he's bad. He's bad. Shimon, do it. Uh, that's what I say. But to answer your question, that's tough, man. Donnie Energetly. I think I've probably seen more Jet Li movies, and let's face it, Jet Li, I mean, Jet Li was the one, right? And he was in Lethal Weapon 4, and so, and I love Donnie Yen, but I, that's a tough call. I mean, without having all of their films in front of me, I lean, I'm leaning more toward Jet Li, but I could be wrong. Remember, follow him at MJ Dance Machine on Insta. Free Austin Matthews sends in a tip and says, just watch Korg and Deadpool react. I love that interaction, although it doesn't make too much, although it doesn't matter too much. I'd love to see Feige throw Taika at Deadpool 3 and just see what happens. Oh, my God. That would be crazy. I would love to see Taika Waititi direct Deadpool 3. That being said, nervous for Thor 4. I I feel like unworthy Thor is uninteresting. Well, wait. You know, you've got nothing to base that on yet. Give it time. Hope springs eternal. We'll see where it goes now, won't we? Mm-hmm. Free Austin Matthews says, again, feels kind of early to jump to Kang. We just beat Thanos. Really hope Ant-Man and the family aren't the ones to beat him in Ant-Man 3. Hope he's the Avengers 5 villain. I think he is, and I think it's going to be Avengers forever. These shows are great, but times like this, I miss street-level Marvel like Daredevil. Free Austin. Me too, and I miss ninjas, and I miss Electra, and I miss, I mean, I'm, I'm as straight as they come, but Mike Coulter, I mean, if I could be a dude, I'd want to be Mike Coulter, I'd want to be Luke Cage. I miss that. Maybe we'll see him again, you never know. The Wakandan Forever sends in a tip and says, these Snake Eyes trailers have got me pumped. It opens tomorrow, or actually it opens tonight. Can't wait. G.I. Joe was one of my favorites growing up. I had the action figures and play sets. It's like my childhood toy box comes to life. Childhood dreams really do come true. Now I know, and knowing is half the battle. I see what you did there. You know what, Wakandan Forever? I watched that trailer. I mean, come on. I've always said that there's nothing in life that can't be made 25% better without the application or with the application of ninjas. And it looks great. The action looks great. Can't wait to see it. I'm so down with G.I. Joe. I'm old school Joe, so I collected G.I. Joe's when they were 12 inches. And, uh, yeah, it was good stuff. So, yeah, I can't wait. I, I mean, I'm really going to roll out for that this weekend because Snake Eyes looks awesome. Uh, 
Kenshin the Machinist sends in a tip said one or two. Yo, John. So we've gotten nods to some comic book costumes with classic Loki and Wanda and Vision's Halloween costumes, but these weren't the first time. The Netflix shows did this with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage's old costumes. Do you like this, and do you think we'll see them do this with other Disney shows like in Moon Knight or Hawkeye? Also, on another note, while on Amazon looking for action B-movies, I saw Aaron in a movie called Bitch Slap, and I'm very much looking forward to watching it. Oh, Kenshin, you will like Bitch Slap. Aaron was fantastic. I actually have it. Uh, Where did it go? Right here. Look at this. I got this. My friend Dieter Bastian got this. Here is the Blu-ray of Bitch Slap, and Aaron signed this for Dieter. So that's pretty cool. Put that right there. You're going to like Bitch Slap. But I don't know about the, you know, I don't know if Moon Knight, uh, I'm just curious to see how they're going to bring Moon Knight's costume out in the first place. I don't know if they're going to have a callback to old school, because what is, is there's more black trim on his costume in various iterations, but I don't know what they're going to do. It's I, I do like seeing the old costumes, but they're done always kind of like a joke. I don't know if they could work very well. Uh, Andy Hoing, is it Hoing? Hoing? Andy Hoing? Says, hi, John. I've been working as an electrical engineer for exactly a year now. I don't think you'll remember this, but thank you so much for giving me advice last year on continuously reminding myself to look back at that moment a year ago when I chose to move on from my mundane job with people I love working with to this current job and to remember that this is what I needed for personal growth. I feel a lot happier since then, and I've grown to become my own man and even recently got a big raise. Andy, good on you, sir. You took... You took the bull by the balls, and you kicked those punks off campus. Now that was a that was a paraphrase of a Breakfast Club line that I didn't do very well. But you know what? There's nothing better than taking charge of your own life, making a decision, and having it work out for yourself. I mean, congratulations! I know it's scary. Uh, I know it's tough, but you did it, man. And no one can take it away from you. And look what's happening. You got that raise. You're getting getting a fatter paycheck, son. Which is always a good thing. So congratulations to you, sir. And he goes on to say, when Billy Batson shouts Shazam, he gains superpowers. Billy Batson and the Shazam family should be sued for copyright infringement. They clearly stole that from Dom Toretto, who gains superpowers when he shouts family. Andy, you're not wrong there. But I don't know if he, I don't know, I don't know if Dominic actually, did he have the smarts to patent or trademark the idea of uttering family at a time when lightning is about to strike? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Duke Leto Atreides with a tip worthy of his name and the house Atreides. Today is the IMAX preview event of Dune. And addition to the event, Warner Brothers released new posters of the characters for the movie. What do you think of the new posters? And are you and Rob planning to go to the IMAX event? Thanks, Duke Leto. I couldn't go, but I did do my own midnight show where I had two of my friends, and Zephyr Chan, two ladies I know. They each, on either side of the country, both went to the IMAX event, one in San Francisco and one in New Jersey. And I had them both on my show at midnight last night, and they talked about it. I mean, I I hope you loved it. I'm beside myself. I can't wait. The trailer that they dropped this morning, it looks so very epic. I Honestly, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. So uh, it's my most eagerly awaited film. I said it was my most eagerly awaited film of 2020, now 2021. Very excited to see it. Looks amazing. Looks amazing. And since you are Duke Leto, you could probably tell me. But I want to offer my condolences in advance for what happens to you later. I'm very sorry. You will be missed. 
BK Dan sends in a tip and says, John, took me three years, but I had a what TF moment. There was already a crossover between Marvel and DC when Doctor Strange said to Iron Man in Infinity War, what, is he your ward? It can be seen as Doctor Strange referencing Burt Ward, who did Robin in the 60s TV show. I don't know, BK Dan. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, I could see where you get that from, but just because he used the word ward, lots of people use the word ward, but I, I don't think it was that much of a stretch uh, to say that maybe those cheeky screenwriters, you never know, never thought of it until you brought it up. So who are you to be wrong? I don't know. I, I, would, I would not presume to debate you. Modern Thinking sends in a tip one of three. Hi, John, Robin, Aaron. Thanks for making a podcast which just talks about TV and movies. Too many others invoke politics, agenda, and that horrible new word, woke. As a woman, you often feel disappointed with this type of rhetoric and end up feeling disenfranchised, as many more seem to be popping up. With your show, I've noticed it's all about being inclusive, and you've definitely created a safe environment for everyone. So I wish to thank you and the team Keep up the good work. Well, Modern Thinking, there's no greater and no higher compliment that you could pay us. Look, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of politics and discussing social issues and all that, but we are a movie and television and entertainment news show. We want to celebrate the love before they change that song. Uh, we're yub-nubbing it out here every day, just like the Ewoks used to before 1997 and they changed the song. But I... I, I very much thank you for saying that because that's one of the things I love about doing the show is the positivity, the fun. I love everybody here. It's it's just great to um, to do these kinds of shows. Joel sends in a tip and says, Hey, John and Rob, huge fan of the show and everything you guys do. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate all the hard work that goes into making every video. I was wondering if either of you had the chance to check out Cherry with Tom Holland. I really liked it. I did, Joel. I have to say, you know what? I was torn. I was torn a little bit about Cherry. I thought it was, to be honest, I thought it was a little over-directed. I mean, I thought Tom Holland was good in it, but I'm like, guys, guys, I understand the style you're going for, but man, chill out, tell that story. You don't need to get, I thought the directing was a little obtrusive. I know they wanted to do something different, do something small, totally mad respect for that, but I did like it, though. I did like the story. I just thought it was it got a little hectic. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic from the cinematography direction standpoint. But I did like the movie, and I thought Tom was great in it. Listen to me, Tom, as if I know him. thought it was good. James H. L.H. James L.H., one of two. Hi, John. Please don't get fed up with me, but my own personal mystery of Hiddleston as Loki on his birthday is resolved. On the latest D-plus behind the scenes, Tom is doing speech on set, Filming was from February to December of 2020. Tom, in his interview, probably meant he started filming Loki on his birthday. I'm glad and thought they may show this as my mind is now at ease. It was bothering me, John. Laugh out loud. To be fair to my sketchy theory, Tom said in the interview he turned 40 as Loki, which is 2021. That's what was confusing me. Oh, that makes sense. But remember, you know, they filmed Loki, then they had to stop, then they went back and filmed it. All of that, all of that could have been as a result of you know, they starting and stopping. And I don't I don't quite know, but um, I'm glad the mystery was resolved for you. Timothy, one of two, sends in a tip and says, I've loved all three of the Disney Plus Marvel shows we've gotten so far, but I'll be honest, my opinion is none of them has been as near as good as what Netflix did with Daredevil. Ooh, uh, you know what? I don't think I disagree with you. Some think they aren't comparable because of their different tones and networks, but I disagree with that. 
They're all Marvel, so they're comparable. I I don't ultimately think Netflix did a better job at making Marvel shows than Disney, not at all. But so far, one of their shows has exceeded all the shows we've gotten from Disney+. Plus. Thoughts? Ooh, Timothy, that's a really good... Look, I really liked the first season of Jessica Jones, and I thought that Daredevil was hugely fulfilling. And I don't think that the first season of Jessica Jones, and I don't think the um, th- that Daredevil... Uh, I think that they might have been overall more satisfying from from the beginning to the end than the three Disney Plus shows. Um, so I think you might be a little right about that. But it's hard because, you know, it's like apples and oranges, but still, it's ultimately, you're still dealing with a story. And did the story, the question is, did the story work for you? And um, I apparently it did. So that's important. James L.H. sends in a tip and says, one or two, John, some gentle criticism. Don't apologize for liking Aladdin. I'm with you. To me, this is one of those films I went in not expecting to like. I always enjoy those experiences when you're not expecting to like something. Other random examples of this, in the recent, uh, the recent In the Heights, Ready or Not. Oh, I loved Ready or Not. Ready or Not. Go further back, Galaxy Quest and Stardust. Great movies both. Nice pull on Stardust. You may say Paddington, which I would include. Another is a fan of the original. Did not like the remake, so I had little hope for the reboot, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Bruh, I loved... I'm a huge old-school Planet of the Apes fan. The, 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 the five original films. I loved Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I thought it was great. I am right there with you. Right there with you. Um, wait a minute. Uh, Timothy says, but off the subject of Marvel for a second, Rob, please be there. You're a blink. They're in my area, man. Me too, dude. My friends judge me for my fondness of them, but I don't give an F. Can a white straight man like our, like you and my not have Asian fetishes? Uh, Jesu design defines beauty. Bruh. I'm all about Lisa. Lisa, who's the only non-Korean of the bunch, I believe. Look, I am not going to apologize for being a Blink. Uh, I'm a fan of pop music. I've always been a fan of pop music. And when I started hearing their production value, uh, they make great pop. And I, you know, I never thought in my old middle age, when I'm one f- step away from the grave, I'd be like digging a, a an all-girl K-pop band. I mean, at least I feel okay that... They're like in their mid-20s. I'm not like lusting over 16-year-old Asian girls because that would be, let's face it, really creepy. But I am not going to apologize for being a blink. I think they're in both of our areas. If you know what I'm saying, don't apologize. They make great pop music. That is an art form, and they deliver. By the way, Lisa doing a solo record. All right. I know all of you are going, what? Well, we know. We know. Timothy and I know. You find out. Chuck the Mystery sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I was reading an article about a large ensemble cast films, and it was stated that many films of this nature are favored nation films. What is the basic meaning of this concept? Would it include films like Knives Out, for example? Thanks. Chuck, that is a very good question. Favored nations is basically a term that means all of your lead actors get paid the same amount of money. All of them. And that's why they agreed to do the films. A lot of times, that's why you're able to get a good ensemble cast because actors want to work together. They know the movie's not 
uh, it, there's not a huge budget there, so all the actors are treated equally. That way, no actors feel they're being that uh, like if somebody comes in and gets a ton of money. That said, Knives Out might not have been favored nations. Uh, it might have been. I don't know if it was, but however, when the movie becomes a huge success, uh, things change. Now, what's interesting is they brought Daniel Craig in, and he's a producer of the movie, which means they can pay him a lot of money, and then he can still get paid the same amount as the rest of the actors, but he gets compensated otherwise as a producer. But that's basically what Favored Nations means. Everybody gets paid the same. Great question, Chuck. Very much appreciate it. Anonymous sends in a tip and says, I have friends that work on Marvel sets in Atlanta. I can email proof. Ironheart will be the new Black Panther. The movie opens with T'Challa's funeral and he dies of a disease. The Ironheart show connects to the movie. Well, I I could see that happening. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think Ironheart's going to be the new Black Panther. I, I don't know. Cause it, is it a, a young girl? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that could be true. I I think Anonymous will have to wait and see. I don't, I don't know how that's all going to work out. Could be cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Uh, Jay Bling says, I never wanted to take sides in the Vin Diesel, The Rock feud. Since they can't get their crap together, I'm out on both sides. No more Fast Saga and no more Hobbs and Shaw for me. You know what, Jay Bling? I'm a huge fan. I am a huge fan um, uh, of, of the Fast franchise. I did not like Fast 9. And I don't like the fact that Hobbs and uh, Dominic Toretto are feuding. I don't like it at all. Don't like it at all. Not a fan. And um, I I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm out, but I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, Jingle Bells sends in a tip and says, I had to donate because Robert said Baroness gave off Lisa vibes. <laughs> no wonder I've always thought Rob was cool. He's a blink and a film nerd. Wow, listen to the blinkers coming out. We're all blinks, all of us. Yes, but you're right. Am I not right? Come on, you look at some of those haircuts that Lisa rocks. She kind of looks like the Baroness. That's I. I mean, I can't help it. Uh, I can't help it. They're in my area. What can I say? And thanks for the tip. Uh, I very much appreciate it, and I appreciate you supporting the show. Alan sends in a tip and says, "Hi, John. We all talk about Feige and all the MCU actors, but one person who I uh, feel doesn't get in- talked about enough." is Sarah Haley Finn. She has done casting for a lot of the MCU. She even pushed for Pratt. Could someone like her get an honorary Oscar? You know, Alan, I have to say, you're absolutely right. I think casting directors are some of the most important and yet unsung people in Hollywood. Sarah Haley Finn, absolutely. The casting of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been almost, without exception, impeccable. I mean, they found the perfect actors for these roles. Sarah Haley Finn is unsung. I don't know if they would give her an Oscar, but damn if she's not an MVP over there at the MCU. So you're absolutely right about that. Uh, BK Dan sends in a tip and says, John, over under 20% Howard the Duck gets in an episode on What If? Just speculating. BK Dan, I'm going to go over. I think it's going to be 100% that some at some point in time, Howard the Duck is going to show up on What If? I think so. Hello, Mr. Campia. One of the online acquaintances that I've had the opportunity to get to know for the past year is Sean Chandler from Sean Chandler Talks About. And there's something that I would like to ask you about our opinions. This is one of four. By the way, Daniel Skinner sends in a tip. Uh, The movie that Sean hates the most is Alien 3. 
And the movies that I hate the most are tied for Speed 2 and Catwoman. Those are pretty good movies to hate, I gotta say. And since I do not know your opinion on those movies, I would like it if you could give your opinion on each movie in four to eight sentences. Uh, I would like to ask you about one more thing. What is a Marvel movie that you do not hate on the level that the internet likes to because you actually enjoy it? For me, my answer are Fantastic Four 2005... Uh, the Punisher 2004, and Daredevil 2003. You and I, Daniel, park our shuttlecrafts in the same shuttle bay. First of all, let me go back. I don't hate Alien 3 at all. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that. And if you watch the the reconstructed version on the Blu-ray when they went back and put a lot of stuff in that was cut out, I actually think it's a fairly good movie. I don't like what they did to Newt and Hicks. I think it's lame. But I do like the film. Uh, Speed 2 and Catwoman are great movies to hate. I, I just think that they're both ludicrous. Uh, Catwoman, what what tone were they going for? That film is all over the place. I didn't buy it for a second. It was annoying to watch. There was no, there was no, I mean, I think Pitoff, God bless that guy, but he was the wrong director. I, I get it. They wanted to give him something to do, but uh, not great. Not great. And Speed 2, Speed 1, in a way, had such a really neat idea. And Speed 2, it was like all over the place. It was like, my God, it, it, like, the actors were different. The plot was silly. Uh, and what, the longest boat crash in the history of films at the end? I just didn't like it. I didn't understand why they went in that direction. But now to um, ask your, uh, to answer your final question, I am too. I'm a big fan of the director's cut of Daredevil, Mark Stephen Johnson's Daredevil. I really like it. I, I really do. I like it. And I think Punisher War Journal is a... Or, yeah, is it not War Journal? Uh, pun, what's it called? I say War Journal because that's the comic. Uh, what is it? Lexi Alexander's Punisher. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on it. I think it's better than people give it a lot. Of, give it credit for. Matt McClure sends in a tip and says, "Cheers from Ireland, man. I want to go to Ireland. Stoked to see Rob and Greg. This is a great show. Why? Thank you. When can I go to Ireland? I've always wanted to meet a, a redheaded Irish lass." And uh, drink Kilkenny, the cream of Ireland. And I, I have a dream of walking across Ireland and going to every distillery and getting drunk. And I just want to keep walking. I want to go around the entire Emerald Isle. Uh, that's what I want to do. Wiley Todd, one of four, sends in a tip. Hey, John, my favorite franchise is easily Harry Potter. When growing up, my first midnight premiere was Prisoner of Azkaban. And I continued to go to everyone after that. It was the best experience having to wait in line and seeing people dressing up and getting excited. And, of course, with people cheering and clapping when the Harry Potter logo popped up on the screen. And how about hearing the music? It honestly shaped me as a movie fan my entire life. But here's the thing I never hear anyone talking about, the movies anymore. And when even going to the premiere of Fantastic Beasts 2, there were less than 10 people in the theater. Granted, the movie's not good, but it was the first night it was out. So, John, what do you think will happen to Harry Potter as a franchise? Will it continue to go down? Uh, you know what, Wiley? I gotta tell you something. I have a theory. I have this theory that pop culture basically has a half life of twenty years, meaning every twenty years something is ha our pop culture moves on. Like how many people talk about the X Files anymore? The X Files was one of the biggest TV shows on television. Sopranos, another big, big, big TV show. But once these things come and they go, they're replaced by something new for a new generation. I think Harry Potter is always going to be around, but Harry Potter did reach its zenith. Now, they'll keep making probably Fantastic Beasts movies, and I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Potter and the Cursed Child gets made or something like that, and we see our grown-up actors coming back and playing those roles. I could see that. Uh, I would love to see, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Train Spotting. Maybe you're too young, but uh, Train Spotting 2 was a great sequel. I'd love to see a Train Spotting 2 version 
of Harry Potter. But I think Harry Potter will be around because it shaped a generation, and um, it's it's you know um, yeah, and I, I I just think it'll matter a lot to people like yourself. You grew up with Harry Potter between the books and the movies. It was huge, huge. So I can see that. Wiley goes on to ask John, I want to know what you think about the Harry Potter movies. Well, I can't speak to them. I've been very hit and miss with the Harry Potter movies. I was not a fan of the first two. I mean, maybe the second one I liked more, but the first one I thought was really, they wanted to be slavishly devoted to the novel, and I felt the first Harry Potter was a movie about magic that wasn't very magical. I know, I know, but I was older. I was an older, discerning moviegoer, so maybe it didn't work for me the way it worked for you. So I freely admit that. I only read the first book uh, back when it was called The Philosopher's Stone, Um, but I've enjoyed the other movies. I think Prisoner of Azkaban might have been my favorite, but... um, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Charlie Cox's Cox says, My man Charlie Cox be doing a fan event, and then he be canceling for last-second filming schedule changes. My man ain't doing any movies. Is my man Cox going to be in No Way Home? Over or under 30% that him not going to the event is connected to Spider-Man. Well, Charlie Cox's Cox, I think you might be right about that. I do. I think... You might be right. I've heard I've heard things. I've heard rumors. Rumors and other rumors. Jed Elias sends in a tip and says, I think COVID and the Hawkeye Disney Plus show are to blame here when it comes to MCU quality dropping. WandaVision had to change the finale doing, do, uh, due to restrictions going on at the time, and I'll bet that had to happen with the other Disney Plus shows. Oh, no, it did. Absolutely did. Jed goes on to say, Though I still enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki, no denying COVID had an effect here. Glad that's behind us. As for Black Widow, I feel most of her story is wrapped in Hawkeye's past. Lots going on in the 2012 Avengers. Interested to see what happens in that series. Um, Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Hawkeye. I really do want to see that. Uh, I think it's going to be great. And um, I'm curious to see. I really want to see, as I said before on the show, I really want to see what happens when Yelena and Hawkeye meet. And Hawkeye has to explain to Yelena what exactly happened to Black Widow. It ain't going to be pretty. And can you imagine if you heard that explanation? Wouldn't be cool. Hitchcock is the goat, sends in a tip and says, one of two. So apparently the judgment and talent of these actors must be inferior since they didn't wait for the good stuff. Jeff Bridges, Anthony Hopkins, Tommy Lee Jones, Robert Redford, Benicio Del Toro, Lupita Nyong'o, Forrest Whitaker, William Hurt from the MCU, Russell Crowe, Kevin Costner, Jeremy Irons, Viola Davis, Jared Leto, Gene Hackman, Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando, DC. Hey, Stephen Dork, all 16 are Oscar winners, and there's significantly more I left out that were nominees as well across the franchises. Plus, Stephen Dorff played a character, obviously, in the first Blade. He was Deacon Frost. He shouldn't have been such a douche. That was a douchey-douche thing to say, and uh, I bet he regrets it, so... There you go. So Hitchcock the goat, a good point to make. And um, I, I, dude, I agree with you. Eugene reviews. Greetings, John. Hard to believe. Twenty twenty one marks twenty years of the following. Oh my God, really? Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Shrek, Fast and the Furious, Moulin Rouge, Rush Hour, Two Monsters Inc. The One. Didn't you work on that? Laugh out loud. Ocean's Eleven and so many more. What's your favorite? 2001 film and bring on the filthy well of the ones you 
listed there, I've got to say Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. I mean, I worked on the extended version, the Blu-ray special features, um, or DVD at the time, uh, and now 4K, but they're not on. The special features aren't on 4K. <laughs> but we all have them. I would say, yeah, i got to go Lord of the Rings. Got to go Lord of the Rings. But thanks for tipping, Eugene. Uh, amazing. 20 years, man. <whistles> Does time fly? If I could save time in a bottle. Uh, World of Fantasy. I will spare you my singing. Uh, says, hey, John, you have to look up Gormenghast for your next audiobook. And the series is on YouTube. But the story is set in a gloomy castle. It's like a whole world. And it looks at the madness of monarchy. Critically, it's ranked with Lord of the Rings. Laugh out loud. Uh, Christopher Lee was involved in both. I've heard of it. I've not seen it. I would love to watch Gormenghast. It's one of those things I've meant to catch up with, but have not. Suthius sends in a tip and says, I know that you're fine with X actor and X role, regardless of movie and franchise, but I'm curious. Who is the one actor and actress that you would love to see in the MCU? For me, it's Luke Evans and Anna Kendrick. And no, Mr. C., you can't say Henry Cavill. That's a good question. Who would I like to see as X actor in X role? Um, gosh. I don't know, man. That's I'd have to think about that. X actor in X role. I mean, I want to see Tony Lung, and he's going to be in... Obviously, he's going to play the real Mandarin in Shang-Chi. Um, what I, you know, I would like to see, uh, Ian Glenn, I think I'd love to see Ian Glenn in a, uh, in a, in a, something like that, or, um, maybe Gwendolyn Christie, if she played somebody cool. I mean, I think she should play Big Barda in the DC universe, but, uh, I want to see her kick some ass, but I like that Luke Evans and Anna Kendrick, good choices. Joey, one of two, says, John, I need your help. Deciding which movie to see this weekend, Snake Eyes or Old. To me, Snake Eyes looks like a fun action movie with awesome-looking ninja fights from the trailers. Old, which looks very intriguing, and as someone who has watched The Sixth Sense and Signs for the first time recently, got me even more excited for Old. Wow, you just watched Signs and The Sixth Sense for the first time? I would be excited for Old after that. Weren't those good? I've learned with M. Night movies, or as John says, the Sham Hammer, they can be amazing, or what the fuck? Was that, if that makes sense. Oh, Joey, it does make sense. You know, I want to see Old. Old is actually based on a a French graphic novel that he loosely adapted. I think it looks great. I love the premise. I love what it's about. You you know, to get me to go to a movie, you have to do something that's intellectually interesting. So I want to check that out. Uh, I really do. I think uh, it could be good, but we'll see. And uh, like you said, I've said this before on the show, uh, there is nothing that can't be made better with a 25% inclusion of ninjas. And there looks like there's a lot more than 25% in Snake Eyes, so I'm in. Suthius says, can I say something in regards to casting more Asians, Latinos, Muslims, gays, trans people, etc. in TV and movies? I'm sick and tired of ignorant and or narrow-minded people using the word woke or pandering. No, mofo, it's 21st century, it should be normal. Suthius, I agree with you, but the thing is... It's not going to be normal until people just do it. They uh, they can't be like, look, we've now cast a trans actor to play this character. No, just cast the best people for the jobs. Cast all kinds of people. The world is full of all kinds of people, so uh, parts should be played by all kinds of people. But until people stop 
virtue signal and saying, look at us. We've cast this person because of blah, blah, blah. It looks like it's pandering. But I agree with you. It's the 21st century, man. We should be progressive just because. Johnny5619 says, Rob mentioned Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, the, the horror Drop Dead Fred. Uh, I, I said that and somebody is saying, I did, that was not a Rob Burnett original. Somebody said that online. I was like, it kind of does look that, like that. That would be James Wan's malignant looking like a Drop Dead Fred. I used to watch that movie as a kid. When I watched it recently, I realized the friend calls the mom the mega bitch several times and also slides under her and says cobwebs. She has cobwebs while looking up her skirt. How's that movie PG? Well, Johnny, back in the day, we were all a little bit more mature than we are today. We've been infantilized, even though girls have OnlyFans accounts and you can go to Pornhub. I'm telling you, the filthy is everywhere, but we're still being treated like kids. Johnny5619 goes on to say, sorry, Drop Dead Fred is PG-13. <laughs> but still, everything that happened in the movie was not for children. My parents just wrong to show me this, or did someone funk up making this movie for children? Thank you and have a good day, everybody on the crew and out there. Look, I think I think we as kids were a lot more sophisticated when we were younger. Somehow kids have been, there's more explicit, they brought the filthy to us in every way, shape, and form, but yet we're all being treated like kids. Even me, even an old man with one foot in his grave. What's up with that? I don't know. But you're right, we got away with a lot more back in the day. Capri Grant, one of two, says, hey, John and crew. I just got finished watching the 721-2021 edition of the show, and I thought a thought just popped into my head. Clearly, KF would have had to at least run the idea of creating a mini animation studio by his higher-ups. Does this mean Disney intends to buy the animation companies that worked on What If and fold them into this Marvel animation studio or continue paying third-party companies? Hmm, Capri Grant. That's an interesting that is an interesting proposition. Will they purchase the animation company? I could see them doing that. I don't know. I mean Disney certainly Disney is no stranger to animation. So I don't know if they're gonna buy that or just open up their animation building some more. Um, good question. They might if they like the work that's being done. That's very that's I think a distinct possibility. Uh, good question. Ethan Holgate, we're going to have to watch and see. Ethan Holgate says, one of two. Hi, John. I must ask if you've ever seen a 2013 show called Banshee starring Homelander himself, another, st uh, another star, another star. In the main lead, he's a badass. By the way, John, I got to tell you, this show is all sorts of amazing. I binged all four seasons in just over a month. Uh, I loved Banshee. I thought it was great. What a wacky show. If you guys haven't seen Banshee, highest recommendation. The Bobster here tells you... To watch Banshee, Ethan Holgate knows. He goes on to say, I was addicted to it. The character work in the show is beyond incredible, and the writing is crazy good. The violent, dark, and edgy material is unbelievably good, and, and it baffles my mind how underrated a show this good is. I couldn't recommend it enough. Ethan, I'm I'm with you. Uh, oh, he goes on to say, also, John, one last thing about Banshee. The showrunner, Jonathan Trooper, is also the co-showrunner with Justin Lin on Warrior, a show I've yet to watch, but I know you're really liking. Uh, ATM, just thought I'd tell you that. I think JT is a terrific showrunner. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I think you're dead on about Banshee. It's good, good stuff, Maynard. It's really good and a lot of fun to watch. And it is, man, if you want to watch something, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. The plotting is really good, and uh, I would definitely recommend it. Recommend it. Brandon. 
sends in a tip and says, Hi, John, this is really funny. I'll be the judge of that. Did you see the leaked images online of real movie theaters that have fan-made Spider-Man No Way Home posters in their theaters with Toby and Andrew on them? Made me laugh so damn hard. Brandon, I have not, but I'm now going to go, when I finish recording this stream, I'm going to go look online for those posters. I love that. That, my friend, is hilarious. Thanks for tipping me off to that. I got to go see that. Mr. Jones um, sends in a tip and says, Hey, John. You've been saying you think the multiverse will end in Doctor Strange 2. The end of Loki is said to change the MCU forever. So with all of this multiverse hype, you think they opened up that door to just shut it closed in one movie? No, the multiverse will be here for the next 10 years. I agree, Mr. Jones. I think John's wrong. Over under that John's wrong on this, I think 100%. Uh, I agree. I think that the multiverse is going to be here for a while. I think it's going to culminate in the next Avengers movie, which will be Avengers Forever. A big showdown with Loki and Amortis, or what would you call him? Kang. Uh, we'll see. Ryan Loner sends in a tip and says, I'm really loving the new Disney Plus series, The Mysterious Benedict Society. You know, I keep seeing that. What a great title. It's especially fun seeing Ryan Hurst in a very different role from Opie, and I highly recommend it to anyone and you're missing Netflix's A Series of Unfortunate Events. You know what? I keep hearing the Mysterious Benedict Society is really good. I really don't know much about it. Um, and Ryan Loner sent that in twice. Well, thanks for that, Ryan. I hope you didn't get charged twice, but thank you for supporting the channel. Anyway, I really want to see this. People keep talking about it, and they think that I've been told it's up my alley. And, you know, I love it when people always tell me it's up my something. Uh, but, hey, anyway, uh, not usually. It, it makes me feel bad. But, um I've heard it's up my alley, so maybe I should watch it. And uh, the Mysterious Benedict Society, I think it's a great title. Jose Hernandez. Uh, that's the name of a character in the movie I produced, Tango Shalom. I went to the IMAX Dune event, and I got to see the first 10 minutes of the film and a clip of the film and the new trailer. The visuals were incredible. The music was amazing from what I saw. It was very powerful, and I'm excited to see the full film in October. Jose Hernandez, oh my God, do I want to see that movie. Uh, I really, really do. Uh, I can't, as I said, it's, it's my most eagerly, eagerly awaited film to see, uh, this year, that and no time to die. They're both movies I want to see last year, but I can't wait to see Dune and after seeing the trailer today. Oh my God. My God, do I want to see it? Uh, Eric. Sends in a tip and says, I attended the Dune IMAX event, and John, we're in for something special. This is no exaggeration. This truly feels otherworldly. Whatever you thought about the direction, score, characters, sandworms based on the trailers, think again. This is a different cinematic beast. Beast, Eric, I, I cannot. I've talked about this already in the stream. I cannot wait. I really wish I went to that IMAX event, but I would have been pissed. I, I would only have been like, I want to see more. Uh, I cannot wait. It looks amazing, it looks epic, it looks like game-changing cinematic sci-fi, and I can't wait. Zachary Zervos sends in a tip and says, Midnight chat, hell yeah! I love you, John. I just wanted to support. Zachary, I'm happy you stayed up with John, and uh, thank you. Thank you for your support. Anonymous sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I don't think the MCU quality is dropping at all. After watching Black Widow, which I liked, I didn't love it, I realized that in its 27th project, the MCU consistency is outstanding. I loved WandaVision and Loki. I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Black Widow. I agree with you, Anonymous. And looking um, past Beyond Endgame and Infinity War, which I love both, me too, 
There's a lot of projects I only liked. Iron Man 2 and 3, Incredible Hulk, Thor 1 and 2, Captain America 1, Ant-Man 1, and The Wasp 1, Guardians 2, Age of Ultron, Far From Home, Captain Marvel. Uh, A very good point, Anonymous. He goes on to say, I didn't love those projects, but I don't care. They were so enjoyable. Such a blast. Expanding this universe. While I didn't love, I really liked them. And it's this level of consistency that just makes me such a fan of the MCU. Thank you. Anonymous, I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. They're really enjoyable. I mean, this idea that we're expecting every movie to like, like be the eye, the, the, the God light, like God is shining a light on you because it's that amazing. No, the, the consistency is absolutely there. They're always good to great. They're great entertainment. Nothing has like didn't suck. It's I, the fact that there is this much consistency and this much entertainment value. I can't think of any kind of franchise that even comes close. So, one hundred percent. By the way, kudos for 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 uh, saying that and. Thanks for supporting the channel. I totally agree with you, sir. BK Dan is back. One of two. John, watching companion videos and got to compare myself to you in a bit of a way. You may be the biggest Star Wars fan, but I am one of the biggest geeks for Trek out there. Really, Dan? Are you? Are you? Remember, beat the geeks, I beat the Star Trek geek. I was shouting at the TV when asked, "Was the captain of the, uh, who was the captain of the Enterprise B? I was shouting, I tell you, Rachel Effen Garrett. So you're a big Star Wars geek? Well, I'm just as big a geek fan with Trek. Nice to meet you. Dan, when asked, who is the captain of the Enterprise B, you said you were shouting that it was Rachel Effen Garrett. Alan Ruck played the captain of the Enterprise B, Captain Harriman. Rachel Garrett was the captain of the Enterprise C, introduced in the third season Next Generation episode, Yesterday's Enterprise. I know. I know. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying. Thank you for supporting the channel. <laughs> BK Dan says, also, John, sent in before, but wanted to know about you. I know you're big into D&D. I attend PAX East, whereas I'm East Coast. Do you, as West Coast, do PAX West or any other D&D con? I've never been to a gaming con. I've always wanted to go to Gen Con. Do they still do that? I don't know if John has been to a gaming convention, so I can't answer that question. But uh, I would go if I could. Uh, and I want to thank you, Dan. In all sincerity, I didn't mean to shame you live but come on man the enterprise b launched in generations alan ruck captain harriman rachel garrett's the enterprise c captain of the ambassador class enterprise c johnny sends in a tip and says hey john and rob loki finale spoilers even though it's been a week i have a friend who knows a thing or two about comics but he's not up to date with all the casting in the mcu when i talked to him about the finale he didn't know it was kang when I thought about it, they didn't actually mention the name Kang. They did not. They only said, he who remains. I knew Jonathan Majors plays him, but people who don't follow the casting are left behind. Why not say the name Kang? Maybe you have a reason, because it disappointed me a bit. Thanks. Well, remember, Donnie, there are many different aspects of Kang, many different versions of Kang. Maybe this version is not the Kang we remember. I mean, remember, Kang began his life as Nathaniel, right? Nathan Richards in, what, the 31st century? 
So even Kang wasn't Kang at one point. That's what I would say. Andy Hoing. Hoing. Andy Hoing. Is it Hoing? I hope I'm getting it right. One of two. Quote of the day. Each of us lives dependent and bound by our individual knowledge and awareness. And that is what we call a reality. However, both knowledge and awareness are equivocal. One's reality might be another's illusion. We all live inside our own fantasies. Utachi Uchiaha. Another legendary quote. Bring on the filthy. I love the filthy, John Campia. Love your stuff, John. Keep up the great work and certainly bring on the filthy. Well, Andy, here's something. I always say, remember, every person you meet has a story to tell that you have yet to hear. And all you have to do is listen. So there you go. Quote me. You can. Uh, Michaela. I've always loved the word, the name Michaela. Michaela Cole Campia sends in a tip and says, wow, Michaela Cole in Black Panther 2. Fantastic casting, amazing actress. I don't think she's going to be the new Black Panther at all. I think she'll be Madam Slay. Ooh. Not only she looks just like her, but in the comics, she brings Killmonger back to life. I mean, it's there. Wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, bring 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 Michael B. Jordan back to life. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, Andy Huang says, We know that Warner Brothers gave James Gunn any DC character to work on. My question is, how far would Warner Brothers have gone? Given some of his artistic flair and experience at Marvel Studios, would WB have allowed him to father the entire DCEU like a Feige if Gunn wanted to? Maybe. But I think, you know, James Gunn has to go back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I mean, they might have. It really depends. I think who knows what will happen if Suicide Squad is a monster, or the Suicide Squad is a monster hit. Who knows where it might wind up. Joel says, hey, John. I was wondering if you think Yelena or Valentina will be the main antagonist for the Hawkeye show. Oh, I think Yelena will be, but they're going to team up. They're going to team up, and I can't wait. Captain Shakespeare sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I wanted to know who your favorite movie critic was. I love reading movie reviews and was curious who the master liked. Thank you, and continue bringing that filth. Well, Captain Shakespeare, I love Pauline Kael. She's no longer with us, but she's one of my favorite movie critics. And uh, I used to read when I was a kid, Cahiers du Cinema, which was a French cinema magazine where people like Godard and Truffaut started writing before they started making movies. So, but Pauline Kael, I have a book of like a thousand of her reviews. Th like, no, no, a book that's over a thousand pages that has her reviews in it, which is great. And I have to say, it was the last thing I, when I, uh, before John Schnepp passed away, we went to the closing of this movie bookstore in Burbank, and I bought that book there with him. It's one of the last times I went shopping with John. Richard sends in a tip and says, hope it's okay to say because I love your show. I know you hate the premium access, but for people like me, it's a savior when I have severe arthritis and I have find it very hard to go to the theater. I love the theater since I was a kid. It's devastating for me. Well, Richard, you, sir, are absolved of any uh, wrongdoing. I can understand that. It's a bummer. And, of course, you have to stay home. And that's why Premier Access is a godsend. I hope your arthritis gets better, sir. And I hope you do get to visit the theater. But I completely agree with you. World777 says, Hey, John, I've just finished my sixth Dune book. And I have to say, it is nearly impossible to make Dune movies without changing a lot of narrative, especially the sequel books. Do you think fans will have a huge problem with this issue? I would imagine, World777, that... We would get the story of Paul Atreides, so we'll see Dune, 
part one, Dune part two, and then we'll see Dune Messiah. I mean, I guess you could do Children of Dune, but once you get into God Emperor, Heretics, and Chapter House, it's like, whoa, I don't know. And then, of course, those are the six uh, Frank Herbert books, and then there's the um, the Brian, uh, uh, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson books, which seem endless, which I... I kind of think I think are hit and miss, but admittedly I haven't read all of them. So I think they will have a huge problem. Dune is a wildly expansive universe, and it's going to be difficult to adapt the whole thing. I think a trilogy and maybe the, the Sisterhood series pretty good. Alan Wade says, hello, John and Rob. Well, hello, Alan. Uh, we finally got the new Dune trailer, and it looks epic. I only wish the power would have stayed on for my IMAX exclusive preview in Nashville last night. But hey, the movie will be out soon. Thoughts on the trailer? Dude, are you telling me you went to see the IMAX thing and the the power went out? They wouldn't like wait till it came. I would have waited. I would have demanded. Uh, I think the trailer was epic, but uh, I can't wait to see it. The trailer just made me very, very excited. It looks so good, so good. Tron, Tron is here. Tron say uh, is tipping, saying, looking ahead to October twenty second weekend, who wins the box office? Dune or Jackass? Dune, 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 Dune. Come on and Dune, 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 ah, Dune. Dune's winning. I'd say Dune would, but to be honest, if the marketing as bad as Blade Runner, uh, the HBO Max factor and just interest in general isn't high, I won't be shocked Jackass could win after that trailer. I don't know, man. Tron, that Dune trailer was epic. I think they're going to throw everything they have at it. It looks amazing. The question is, are we, uh, as as moviegoers, smart enough to go see Dune? I have to say, look, I can't wait for Dune, but against my better judgment, I did laugh aloud at that Jackass trailer. <laughs> I did. Uh, was, there was some funny shit in that trailer. I, I'm not going to lie. Some funny, funny, funny stuff. What pisses me off sends in a tip and says, I am a crazy fan of the Joker. I love every Joker. But it's hard to say, but I got to admit, Joaquin Phoenix has become my favorite. My favorite version, and how do I know you answered my question? Uh, oh, favorite version, and how do I know you answered my question? Great show, John. Well, what pisses me off? John didn't answer your question. I did. So I don't know. I hope you're watching this video. I hope I'm bringing my energy and comedy stylings to this chat enough to say, look, I have to say, you know what? To be honest, I got to go with Heath Ledger's Joker only because, look, Joaquin Phoenix was awesome. No doubt. That performance was one for the ages. That's why he won the Academy Award. But I thought Heath Ledger was really surprising because people didn't want him to do it. And I thought he really took the character in a, in a different, unexpected direction. But um, Arthur Fleck, an amazing, amazing character. So you're not wrong what pisses me off. I hope you hear this answer. Diego sends in a tip and says, From Screen Rant, Charlie Cox canceled all of his Comic-Con appearances next month due to last-minute filming changes. It's interesting because he isn't slated to be in anything officially. No Way Home reshoots just started and She-Hulk is filming. Coincidence? No, I think that, why not? Why not have him in the MCU? Why? He was a great Daredevil. Why not just keep him as Daredevil? Why not? Everyone loves him. James L.H. And by the way, I mean, it's not like he wasn't living in New York. He was there. It's just he was street level. They don't, they just, he hasn't been brought into the MCU yet. I love the idea he comes into the MCU. James L.H. sends in a tip and says, Hi, John. Regarding Dune, I read the books and watched the Lynch version back in the 80s. Watching the recent trailer, the question is, how can the powers that be want some people's first experience of this film to be at home on a TV? I don't care if it's 100 inch. James, I don't, after watching that trailer, I don't know. 
I mean, the film looks so epic. Why would you want to see it anything other than in the biggest theater you could? I'm going to IMAX. I'm checking it out. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, upon, uh, anonymous. Upon, uh, 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 why can't I pronounce that word? Anonymous. Ep, I can't pronounce this word. Why can't I? Uh, we've been seeing people lose their mind for the lack of Spider-Man 3 trailers for a while now. And I've complained about them before, but we don't see the same thing for Matrix 4. Thank Odin. Is it because of lack of interest in it or a more chill fan base? Well, it's not the MCU. The Matrix has been gone for a while, remember? So, Spider-Man, it's still on everyone's thoughts, but the Matrix has been gone. But I think once people see the trailers, I, I, can't, I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be bananas. Eponymous. Eponymous. I can finally say it. Eponymous. So, uh, that's what I think. I, that's what I think. I think uh, people know Spider-Man, but I think once people get the hype back... And, you know, also, to be fair, you know, I mean, I loved... Everyone loves The Matrix, but Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions kind of were letdowns for people. So. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Thorpe sends in a tip and says, My dad has showed me some effed up movies through my life. Well, good for your dad. You tell him I say hello. But this past weekend takes the very top of that list. It's called Very Bad Things. It's not good or bad. It's just effed up and disturbing, especially that ending. I mean, what the F, Dad? First of all, Tristan, God bless your father. He's raising you well. Very Bad Things. I want to say Peter Berg directed Very Bad Things. Did he not? I don't remember, but in Christian Slater, right? Uh, that's kind of about a bachelor party that goes very, very awry. It is a very effed up movie, but you kids today, this is the kind of stuff I grew up with. It's good. Give it to your, give it up for your father, because I certainly will. We all celebrate him here at the John Campion Show. Jack Lumber sends in a tip and says, I was watching the new Troll Hunter movie with my kids, and wow, they just pull a time travel to the start of the series trick, basically erasing the point of watching three series that came before it. What is your opinion about that time travel trick? Uh, I haven't seen the new Troll Hunter movie, Jack Lumbers, but I, I, you know what? That's what they use time travel for. They, it can be sneaky, it can be great, but sometimes it's maddening because they just erased the past, and I don't like that. I don't like when they do that. I like when tr time travel is used sparingly and in an interesting fashion. John Farag says, "John, Dune trailer is here. Oh my God, it's so here." It is wonderful. I wrote a record when I was still a touring musician about the books, so fan doesn't cover me, and this doesn't disappoint, unlike Nickelback. <laughs> Your thoughts? And bring on the filthiest filthy. Mm, mm, mm. I can taste it in my mouth right now. John, I, I, I'm a huge Dune fan. I read the six Frank Herbert books as a child. I mean, I can't believe that Chapter House Dune came out in 1985 crazy uh and it's I, I i'm very excited i cannot tell you how excited i am to see the rest of the movie the trailer blew me away obviously you're a huge dune fan so you know what we're in for a lot of people don't but they're gonna see epic sci-fi like they've never seen it before even if you've seen the original dune film uh that david lynch did back in 84 i think this is going to blow that away not johnny sees evil twin send in a tip and says i have joined uh, wait, I have, have, joined two sayings here into a phrase. Name the character that owns that saying and the movie it belongs to. Four points if you get them all. We do not trade lives because I believe. Hint, 
Think outside the box for the second part. Uh, I don't know. We do not trade lives because I believe, well, let's see. Um, you put them together. I don't know. I mean, Captain America did say we do not tra trade lives, right? Because I believe. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's Captain America, right? We do not trade lives. But I don't know because I believe. I don't know where that comes from. We do not trade lives. I, I know that was Captain America. Uh, but I don't know because I believe. I, 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 I don't know because I believe. Uh, Andrea Bocelli said, because I believe, but I don't know what that other quote comes from. I guess that means I don't know as much as I thought. Think outside the box for the second part. I don't know. Um, I think you got me. Not Johnny C's evil twin. I'm, I'm hanging my head in shame. Aaron E says, I love Lord of the Rings as much as you do. And I know we say no movie, no movie is perfect, but to me, this trilogy is perfect. Is there something that you don't like in the trilogy? I just wish they didn't use CGI elephants. Um, uh, yeah, there's a few, there's a few shots that, that are, you know what? There's a few shots with a virtual camera. Like when, when Saruman goes to wall and the camera pulls back, it's a really cool shot, but it could never happen in real life. I know it's weird to say. So it, it, the, the, the speed of it betrays that it's a CG shot. But when you say no movie is perfect, I mean, that's, you can't, if, if you see a bad special effect in a movie or, or special effects that's, that's not as convincing as today, it's because it was a tool of the time. You got to, I always give movies a little bit of a handicap, like in golf. You get a handicap in golf. I, I, I handicap movies based on the year they come out. So I'm much more forgiving. Like I love The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer is in 1990. All the Rocketeer flying effects were done by ILM. But like I look at it and I'm like, I understand. You know, it's sometimes it's a puppet against a blue screen. It doesn't bother me. I love The Rocketeer. Mr. Graham 91 says, good morning, Sir Filthy. When people want to submit questions, do you say if it's appropriate because you've gotten some inappropriate questions? Always. I love inappropriate questions, but we can't say them in a family forum like this show. So all we can say is just bring on the filthy. Uh, we want to, I think appropriate, you know what it is? It's like if it's appropriate for the show. Like if someone calls up and wants to give us or wants us to give a political treatise on, you know, what we think of the War of 1812. It's like, come on, man. Come on, man. That's not, this is not the time or place for that. Plus, I'd have to go do a bunch of, I mean, who are we kidding? I'd have to go, like, read a history book about the War of 1812 before I answer that kind of question. So I couldn't answer it anyway. But, um, yeah, I think that that's what we mean. It's got to be appropriate to the task at hand, which is to talk about the latest entertainment news of the day on the John Campy Show. This is all important stuff. So, Mr. Graham, a good question, though. I like that. Greg Scott Bailey sends in a tip and says, John, the sleeper has awakened. The Dune trailer was wonderful and just the right tone. I feel that they gave just enough background info for anyone not familiar with the story, and the approach to this looks to be epic. Can't get here soon enough. I agree, Greg. I mean, come on. Have you ever... That trailer, it doesn't get much better than that trailer. I mean, you know... Unless you were alone with 1976 Farrah Fawcett Majors from Logan's Run, it might get better. But other than that, it it's pretty. It doesn't. So, by the way, rest in peace, Farrah Fawcett Majors. When I was nine years old, she was amazing to see in that movie. Just saying. Uh, I, the Dune trailer was amazing. It was amazing. Brandon Visconti, another great director. Brandon. Uh, hey John, so a show I'm really looking forward to is Gotham PD on HBO Max. Do you know if it will be live action? I believe it is. 
Also, would it be cool to see a Batman movie with all the characters from a Gotham show? Would you be down to see a sixth season of Gotham? Mm. Gotham was very hit and miss for me. Um, but I think Gotham PD, it'd be that. I think they could do some crossover. I'd like to see that. I think it, that could be actually pretty cool. Uh, Suthius says, in regards to Masaku, Lovecraft Country may have been the first major role I've seen her in. But even then, I had an itch of seeing her in somewhere before. On a hunch, I popped in Batman v Superman. And sure enough, yes, she is. She was the African lady who testifies against soups in the congressional hearing. Batman v Superman, Lovecraft Country, Loki, and apparently she was in Black Mirror. She is becoming a favorite of mine to watch on screen. I wouldn't mind seeing her pop up in more genre content like Star Trek and Star Wars. Suthius, I agree. Masaku, she's awesome. And I love, she's a great character actor. And I love, she's very versatile. I'm with you 100% on that one. Absolutely. I agree. She'll probably, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of her. My favorite viewer says, with the increase in COVID cases, could Sony be waiting to see if they'll need to delay Spider-Man 3 before they release the trailer? If they end up having to move the premiere into 2022, no reason for them to start spending millions of promotion money now. Well, I mean, it is, it's only July, August, September, October, November, December, five months away. So I would imagine they'll ramp it up because you know what they don't want to do is the next Marvel movie coming out is Shang-Chi. So they, they don't want to dilute that message. And then they've got Eternals. I'll bet you we see Spider-Man marketing ramp up after Shang-Chi. That's what I would think. So you could be right about that. I could be wrong. I don't know. Crashing Coyote says, you always say a trailer's job is to bump up your excitement. To be honest, this Dune trailer did nothing for me. I thought it was meh. I'm not familiar with the source material. I love the actors and director, but can you explain the hype? I don't get it, but I'll still watch. Crashing Coyote, I don't understand. I mean, what what what's not to love about that Dune trailer? You're seeing a, a world. You're seeing a scope, a scale. You're seeing characters that you've never seen before. I mean, I don't, I don't, perhaps that, you, you, you know, you don't know what it is. That makes sense. If you don't know what it is, you're watching and what is all this? Uh, I think for those people who have, you know, Dune's been filmed twice before. It was done as a film in 1984, directed by David Lynch. It was done as a sci-fi channel miniseries. And then they did Children of Dune. So I can understand. But uh, I don't understand how you can't watch that trailer and not think it was epic, though. Because uh, I, I, I got to tell you, I uh, there, there was filthiness happening in my pants when that trailer was over. I just want to say. So maybe that's just me. Suthius says, Mobius. You weren't born. You weren't born to be king. That's how it is. That's how it always was. That's how it'll be. So and so that others can achieve their best versions of themselves. As Connor looks up, saddened at the footage of him getting defeated by Khabib Dustin. <laughs> uh, I like that. That's an MMA thing that I. That's an MMA reference I actually understood. So thank you, Suthius. Alan Gonzalez. Sends in a tip and says, I think they'll introduce the X-Men and the Fantastic Four through the many timelines. It was a timeline that was not supposed to exist and was erased. That could be. Although I'd like to believe that it's not some divergent timeline. I want to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe get their own X-Men. The X-Men are supposed to be there. They were always there. Um, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. I guess this is the end of this lovely companion video. I'm at the end of the questions. I want to say thank you. Thank you to all of you. Thank you to all of you who are fans and viewers and supporters of the John Campia show. It means a lot. Um, I love doing the show with John. I love doing the show with everyone else. Um, 
and I, whenever we have guests, I think John has put together a great team of people. But we do it all because of you guys, you viewers, you guys, you girls, you gentle, you gentle beings, you kind souls, however you identify across the 28 known galaxies as identified by Marlon Brando in the first Superman movie. We are happy to have you. We have a great community here, and I thank you for embracing me for three years. Give me a hug. Come on, everybody. Come on. Let's hug it in. All right. Thank you for that, and thank you for watching this companion video. I very much appreciate it, and thank you to John Campia for letting me do the video. Thank you for watching, and remember, I'm going to say it one more time, every person you meet has a story to tell that you have yet to hear. All you have to do is listen, and it's even better when they bring the filthy and tell you a story about what happened to them that's filthier than you can possibly imagine. So on that note, I am Robert Meyer Burnett. You can find me on Instagram at Robert Meyer Burnett. Find me on Twitter at BurnettRM, or zip right on over to my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work. Watch my show, Rob Observations. Like, hit the notification bell, whatever. But don't forget to come back here every weekday morning for the John Campia Show. And thank you so much for supporting the channel. We do very